everybody. It's Radio Trivia Podcast Edition, episode 135. I'm back, and I brought Neil Ronahan with me. Hi, everybody. Hey, Neil. How have you been, man? I've, I've been good. Um, I mean, I guess I've, I've had some things been going on, but uh, I'm, I'm now in that, that gearing up for E3. I'm excited. Um, Splatoon is almost upon us. Eh. I've been playing that. Uh, yeah, I, for, I forgot that you, Splatoon is not your bag, baby. It isn't. Uh, I appreciate what it's doing, but it just like it's just yeah. it isn't for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a, if if you don't have the ability to like get into that kind of online shooter sort of class based, but not really. Yeah. Like I, I that's always one of those things I always had the capacity for, but I never find the right game, and Splatoon seems like it might be the right game. I actually brought Neil on for another reason. I mean. He, as he mentioned, we're ramping up for E3, and we got a lot of E3 plans. So I uh, wanted him to get on here so we can he can chat a little bit about that. Yeah, um, we're going to be doing video in a much bigger way than we've ever done before. This might actually be the first time I'm talking publicly about our E3 plans, which is which is fine with me. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be doing video to the extent that we have people that their sole focus is going to be doing video. For those people who don't know, in the past, we've pretty much always been a, a very writing writing on the website heavy uh, operation at E3. But I'm a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, so am I, though. I, I mean, I'm trying to figure out this whole video let's play streaming thing. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, let's play. Um, I'm going to butt you off this. and I'm going to record with someone else now. Uh, my wife Lauren and I did record an hour-long game of Fortune Street for the world, so <laughs> that is now that is now live on YouTube, um, and we'll see if anybody actually gives a crap. I'm I'm a little I don't think they will. I just kind of wanted to do that because I love Fortune Street. But anyway, yeah, we, we got a big crew, and there's a whole bunch of stuff planned. A lot of it I I'm probably not even aware of, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll I'll get roped into it somehow, uh, be it writing or camera being shoved in my face and i was like an idiot but, yeah because uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have like a nightly show being run by uh by kim keller and becky becky holiday for the longest time i thought her name was holida but it just pronounced holiday oh um i feel really dumb she's been on staff for like two years and i only learned that like a month or two ago and then and then yeah we'll have we'll have jared jared roseberg john raritan curtis bonds out there doing video stuff and then we'll have wonderful people like like uh me, TYP, uh, Brian Rose, and Justin Baruby writing stuff. Johnny Metz will be doing podcast stuff, and I assume that uh, since TYP and me have had some podcasting experience as well, as evidenced by the fact that we're on a podcast right now, oh, we'll probably yes. be doing more of those too. Well, that I can do. Yeah, you got the pipes for that. Uh, no, but, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's that's where we're all at now. All right, well, this is uh, Radio Trivia, so we should probably uh, start playing some music before people rage quit on us. Is, is that a thing you can do with podcasts? Uh, I think I it's a thing I, you can do. I, I think I have before, where there have been times where I was listening to a podcast, and like I was just like, you know what, I don't really want to listen to this anymore, and I just stopped halfway through an episode. Calm down, folk. Calm, calm yeah. down. The music is on the way. I picked some good ones, I feel, or at least ones that were good to me. You got to talk about it, man. Nah. <laughs> it's all yeah, I realize. I'm just. I guess I just. I'll, I'll give the warning here. I got two esoteric picks, but <laughs> but I think the music's good. 
Yes. Uh, so Neil is in the dark for three games, and he knows two of them. Yep. recognize the tune but I, I not I can't place the instrumentation okay well there are two songs left so uh, no need to guess yet I hope they give a clue not until the next game uh, not until the next song <laughs> well, I mean, well the, the songs are clues it. I suppose yes <laughs> <laughs>
What's that hint question? I think I have an idea, but I'm not. I'm still. I'm still not sure. All right. Well, I think this one will help. So, which power up is accompanied by music that is a throwback to a much older game? guesses i i don't feel super confident on this and this i feel like this is the kind of thing that i'm gonna get wrong and i'm gonna kick myself but is this nintendo land oh no 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 sir am i just totally off uh time for adventure oh god captain toad (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh god yeah yes it is captain toad i i tried not to Actually, this was a hard yeah. game to choose songs for. Because yeah, because because there were definitely some that you could have picked that would have been completely obvious. Right. And that's why I guess I guess I don't feel that dumb that probably the compo- like the the people who are composing this might might have also worked on Nintendo Land. I hope maybe please. I, I don't know. Um, I should know, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm bad host, guys. <laughs> if you don't know that by now, I'll, I'll just tell you. <laughs> I'm bad at this. The thing is that there are a few iconic songs that are used. There are a lot of riffs on that same main theme. And then they pull a lot of songs from Super Mario 3D World, either yeah. like verbatim or very slightly remixed. And I, I didn't want to choose any of those for the three either, because just because we already did 3D World and, you know. Yep. So uh, there wasn't that many songs to choose from I'm not saying it's a small soundtrack it's a huge soundtrack but just uh, putting those my own constraints on it it, it made it difficult but I, I think those are good picks um, yeah so I just looked up the composer uh, it's uh, Mahito Yakoto it looks like he's primarily an EAD Tokyo guy although he's also pre Donkey Kong Jungle Beat it looks like he might have worked with Tecmo mm. um but more recently, uh, he did not work on Nintendo Land. I was just flat out wrong. Yeah, well, that, um, that makes sense. I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's the main guy who brought basically orchestrated music. Yeah, yeah, because he's worked on Galaxy. He worked on Twilight Princess. 
He's worked on pretty much every Mario game since... I guess he didn't work uh, on New Super Mario Bros. Wii, but he worked on New Super Mario Bros. U. He worked on 3D World, 3D Land. He even helped out with Skyward Sword. So yeah, I guess he, maybe he's the guy who's done a lot of the orchestration. Yeah, Captain Code, uh, let's talk about the game, though. Uh, I really like this game. Yeah, I, I had a blast with it. I gotta say, uh, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a blur because I plowed through it faster than I probably should have. Same here. Uh, I was not reviewing it. You probably were. No, no actually, I wasn't. This was because uh, this this came out right around Smash Brothers, and uh, I was mainlining that for review, so I did not. Uh, Curtis Bonds reviewed this game for us, um, and I know I know he liked it a lot. I forget exactly what his review score was. You know, it, it's funny. I, the game is kind of laid back for most of the game. And then it gets really hard near the end. It's just like, yeah. I'm not I, sure I like that ending. It's just the last like 10 levels or something, all of a sudden it, they, they, they crank it up to 11 and it's like, holy shit, this isn't supposed to be a hard game. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I, I never finished this in the third, like the third area because you have the three different chapters and the first one's like really laid back and easy. The second one gets a little harder and the third one is just like, all right, it, let's, no time to mess around, let's go. Yeah, I think it was like a sequence of... I might be wrong here. It seems like it started for me, like there was this one level where it's constantly rotating, and if you don't yeah. stay on top, you're going to fall off. It, it's like something you might have seen in one of the more obscure areas of Mario Sunshine. And it took me forever to get past that. And then after that, it's like every single level after that, it's like you're you're racing time, or there's lava coming up, so you're effectively still racing time. It just you're always rush, 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 and it's a complete antithesis to the rest of the game. Where just sort of yeah. yeah, let's just go explore, and it's more about looking around to see if you can find the hidden goods. And I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad choice, but it's I wish they just sprinkled that out throughout the game instead of um, just sort of weighing it really heavily at the end. I would have yeah. preferred that to be like a, a boss stage per se, you know, and sprinkle those throughout the game. But I, I understand then people maybe wouldn't be able to get far into the game. I mean, I kind of like the way it was sort of tiered. I mean, to the extent that it's split up into the three different books, and at the end of each book, you credits the credits are rolled. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like, I mean, it's it's not like it's the length of three games in one, but it is kind of like there are three self-contained stories to an extent. And, and you know, you could just play through the first one and be like, oh, you know, that was pretty easy. But then the third one's there that it really does turn everything to 11. And even though I haven't finished it, um, it... <laughs> It's one of these. It's one of those games that, like, uh, I'm trying to think of another, like, Hyrule Warriors. I haven't gone back to the DLC at all. Where on a rainy day, probably over the summer, because I don't think there's going to be much out on Wii U after Splatoon up until like September. Mm -hmm. um, I'll probably go back and polish this off. Yeah. Because uh, I really enjoyed what I played. It's just that I got to a point where it started getting really hard, and then, and then other games and life and stuff got in the way, and then I kind of faded away from it. Yeah, I'll probably come back to it too. I don't have amiibos. I'm not gonna buy one for the 8-bit toad thing i but do i do have the toad amiibo so i'll oh, probably mess around with that i, I figure even, even without that though there's you know I, I gave up on getting all the diamonds at some point so see my, maybe that's why i probably stopped earlier than you because i was doing that i did I, that for maybe the first episode and after that you know what i'll come back and deal with this i, I just want to get through the game yeah i know i know i think i have the like the, the crystals and everything for the first two episodes uh, the third one then started to get very hard yeah 
but it's still a very good game. Don't, don't let, I was just really surprised by the difficulty. I'm not going to yeah. say it's a super difficult game. It's just it, it, it's uncharacteristically difficult for itself near the end. That that just sort of soured me on a little. Yeah, from what the game laid out, it kind of it like takes a left turn that I, I think is kind of welcome. But yeah. Uh, it's more akin to like those levels in 3D World, where yeah, it's like you're like on the, the zipper. Insane last one. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's actually a level like that, and, and, yeah. and so at some point it becomes as difficult as a hard 3D World level. I do love some of the, the same some of the double cherry levels. Oh, those are fantastic! Awesome. They're great. Like a lot of the ones where you need to like control multiple of them as like you have to move them up to the goal and everything. Like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Lots of really good ideas in this game. I, I was impressed at how uh, they were able to keep it really fresh uh, all the way throughout, really. Um, very few repeated ideas, I think. So now I'm blanking on the hint question for this one. Yeah, so there's a power-up that when you get it, music plays that's really old school or, or throwback to old school stuff. And uh, that's the Super Pickaxe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is, is basically the Donkey Kong Hammer yep. music. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's a kind of a cool reference. And in fact, later in the game, I think there's a there's another Donkey Kong reference. A nice little homage. I definitely. I mean, I can't wait to see whatever EAD Tokyo is doing next. I don't think we'll see that E three personally, but who knows? Yeah, not, not that we're doing any of your predictions on this podcast, but uh, I, I don't predict seeing anything from EAD Tokyo until the next console. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because at this point, they, they had 3D World and Captain Toad in successive yeah. years. We know. If Nintendo is smart, they will save them for a launch title. A few people there are working on the NES Remix games. It's not a lot, because I think uh, Indie Zero is doing the development there. But I know that one of the it was one of the directors of 3D World, I think, is kind of the guy who came up with the idea for the NES Remix games. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something NES Remix related show up at E3, but not like another full-fledged Mario or whatever from yeah. EAD Tokyo. Yep. Alrighty, we're going to go on to the next game here, which... Uh... Neil does know, so no, no pretending. Don't be that guy. I can act.
think that's a loop. Yeah, I think it is too. A lot of these songs in this game are loops. Well, yeah, at least, but that's yeah. a long song. Yeah. This game has long songs, folks. Got great songs. That's what it's got. Yeah, well, that's to you. The second one isn't as long. <laughs> This is your game, so you would you like to read the question? Sure. Uh, so what is the name of the Cajun hero who makes his video game debut in this game?
So while that music was playing, I I, I had this feeling that it sounds awfully familiar. Awfully, the style is just so similar to to other songs I've heard on this podcast, and so uh, I, I had to look it up for for anyone who who remembers the Silver Surfer episode. Yep. Um, these are the same composers, uh, Tim and Jeff Fallen, and a, you know very techno, intricate, uh, lengthy BV pieces. Uh, that, that's them. What uh, did it clock? Yeah. Uh, the, I think one of the Griffey Super Nintendo baseball games. Um, yeah, Silver Surfer. The other one, Solstice. Um, that's that's kind of what I know them from, at least. Obviously. Um, well, actually, this is another super. It's not obvious. This is another superhero game. Um, this is um, Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade's Revenge. A title that, if you don't know anything about X-Men, like me, you're just like, what, what the hell? It doesn't make any sense. sense. Arcade is the name of a villain. Um, <laughs> the arcade is coming back to get you. Yeah. Um, he's not a very good villain, but I think because his name is Arcade, he wound up appearing in a lot of old... Um, you know, video games, like, specifically X-Men video games of that era. Um, this wasn't even the first game that he appeared in. Um, and this game came out in 1992, so it was a relatively early Super Nintendo game. That's very impressive for an early SNES game. Yeah, that, that, I mean, the audio is awesome. The music is incredible. Um, the game itself is pretty bad. Um, it's <laughs> well, a, you it's used a, all the money on the license. I mean, come on. Um, I was actually, when I, when I was, um, kind of trying to figure out what what to make the hint question there is some note on the wikipedia page that i didn't i didn't fully properly source it um although it looks like it's from an uh, from an issue of retro gamer that magazine um but one of the people from the developer software creations said that they basically had like no time to work on this game and that they were they basically entered a lawsuit with a claim over the development of this game Mm. And I guess it kind of shows because the game itself is it's a it's a mediocre side scroller that tries to do some interesting things, but knowing that there was some kind of development struggle makes a lot of sense. Uh, you start off playing as Spider-Man um, on like a, in the New York City rooftops, and then that's kind of like an opening stage, almost like a, a Mega Man X kind of opening. Um, and then you find out that Arcade has Storm, Wolverine, Gambit, and Cyclops trapped. And then you can uh, pick which one of those heroes you want to play as. You need to play a level with each character in order to then get to the end where then you kind of alternate playing as each character and then fight Arcade as Spider-Man to save the day. Oh boy. Yeah, um, when I, I rented this game a lot when I was younger um, and rarely would I get anywhere in any of the levels. I would be able to get through Spider-Man's introductory level and then just kind of be like, hey, this music's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I stumbled up. I, I was reminded of the music a couple years ago when a former Nintendo World Report writer, uh, Nate Andrews, wrote a feature on the Fallen Brothers and had music from this game in it. And it reminded, like, it was, this is a game that I hadn't thought of at that point in probably 20 years. Um, and then I remembered it. And I, every now and then I'll kind of throw on the music because the music's really, really good. Yeah, it's clearly the best part of this game. So yeah, there, here you have it, guys. You don't you don't need to play this game. Although there is like a forty five minute YouTube run of someone beating it without dying that I, I skipped around <laughs> just to remind myself about it. 
Uh, did we answer the question? Uh, no, we did not. Um, the question was, what is the name of the Cajun hero who makes his video game debut in this game? And that is uh, Gambit. Um, this was the first... This wasn't the first Spider-Man game, and this wasn't the first X-Men game, but it was the first time that you could play as Gambit, and the first time that he was in a video game, period. Hmm. And I think that's part of that. Uh, I forget exactly when Gambit... I think Gambit was mid-late 80s, was when he was introduced in the comics, and I think it wasn't until probably around this time that he started getting a lot bigger. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty popular now. So. Yeah. They're going to make a movie with him, I think, supposedly. Channing Tatum. They're making a movie with every superhero at this point. Yeah, Neil Neil knows the superhero stuff. They're actually no, they're going to make an arcade movie because they're going to make a movie with every character in every comic universe at this okay. point. So when you say an arcade movie, <laughs> you mean it's, it's an arcade like villain, the villain no. named arcade, or like I would, Rocket I, I would actually, I would, <laughs> I would love to see the character, the vil, the X Men villain arcade show up in a movie, but I. I I don't think that'll happen. Like he's a he's a really dumb character. <laughs> I'm confused now. <laughs> I know how to solve that though. We'll go on to the next game. Sounds like a good idea.
Clueless? Yeah, I don't have an idea right now. It it sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm just not sure. It could just be the style of music. Yeah. So what's this hint question? The character Jean-Sebastien Renault is better known by what alias? Hmm.
I'm all pumped up now. Exciting <laughs> song. Arneel, you're going to get this one, right? I. You know what's actually kind of funny is the name seemed really dumb. And I, I'm i not positive, but then the, the, the last song sounded more familiar. Is this the Wonderful 101? It is the Wonderful yes! 101. Yes! Yeah. yeah, you got it. I figured you might get this one. Yeah, I actually I haven't played that much of this, but really, I thought you were like a huge fan of this one. Is this one that like you were excited about, and then I was more excited before it came out, and then I played it when it came out, <laughs> and I didn't get as into it. Oh, then you saw what I saw at E3 then. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Uh... <laughs> I was a little more optimistic then, and then I got the game, and I probably I forget how the, exactly the game's broken up. I think it might be like broken up into chapters, and I got. I rough estimate probably like a third of the way through and started to trail off. It's it's once again like Captain Toad. It's one of those games that rainy day, I got that. Yeah. But now I have like 50 games that are in that rainy day pile. Ooh, so mm. who knows what will happen. That's what we call a <laughs> backlog, sir. Yes, that indeed. Uh, well, uh, this is requested by Azik, and uh, he, uh, he really likes this game. And there was one song in particular that he chose that I really like, but it just it gave away the game so much that I'll just have to play it somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe we'll close with you it. Can, you can play it right now. Teetering, hang 
Not a great song, folks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, Neil. Do you? Um, I mean, I, I, I do remember some of the songs from the game, and I forgot. I didn't realize like how kind of classical parts of it were. Like it does have a, it has a very majestic score. Yeah, it has a real smattering of songs in it. I think there are like four composers on this game, which isn't that unusual these days. Yeah. But uh, I think there's a pretty broad spectrum of music in this. As a result. Yeah, and I mean, I I felt like the game tried some interesting things, and I know that people that got really into it seem to absolutely adore it. But I think it's just one of those games that has such a high learning curve that if you're not willing to kind of put in the 
the time and, and, and suffering into learning how to play the game and how it works, then, then you're not going to get it. But if you do take that time, then I think it is, it is generally worthwhile. Because there is a very deep fighting system in there. It's just very unique and kind of weird. Yeah. What stopped me from getting this was the, the quick time event. Is that a really dated term? Am I like dating myself like Resident Evil 4 here? Quick time events? Um, no, I, I mean, maybe, maybe shorten it to QTE. Oh, uh, yeah. no, never. <laughs> never. Yeah, but I, there are a lot of moments where it is like, you know, you, you need to do something in a very quick fashion or else then, then you run out. Yeah. Um, and that was also a lot of what they showed pre-release. And, and those, those didn't show up as often in the main game, I remember. Um, but maybe I'm mistaken. You didn't get very far into it, you said. Yeah. Well, I got like a, I got like a third of the way through. <laughs> That's farther than you farther than me that's for sure um, I got through the E3 demo yeah. uh, <laughs> but I mean like, I, like it had some cool ideas with you know kind of using the, the gamepad or I guess the control stick if you didn't want to use the gamepad to kind of shape your group and then turn it into a different weapon oh I, I love this game's presentation yeah I mean it, it's it's bright it's kind of chaotic it, it's super energetic beautiful Joey if that's a term hey to the go-go baby Oh yeah, well, I mean, I'm not a huge Visual Joe fan myself, but I, I like that art style, and I, I, I like that it, it just sort of goes all out, you know, balls out, let's just do it. Which, of course, that's sort of Platinum's MO. Whatever yeah. they choose to do, they're, you know, from a they do it loud. standpoint, they're going to do it loud, right. So, you know, they're doing, like, Power Rangers just in your face, and it, it's pretty cool. And what a lot of people said after Bayonetta 2 came out is that it kind of refined a lot of the ideas that were in this game i don't know how true that is i i feel like they're kind of different games but maybe they're not i, I don't know i guess the action character game sort of i don't know what that even means yeah i mean i could i could hear i mean even if not knowing the developers like like taking taking the fact that platinum did both games out of it like i could eat i could hear a comparison to bayonetta 2 to the wonderful 101 but like i'm kind of more of a a superficial level because it's I mean they are both to an extent they're both brawlers but mm -hmm. yeah. and, and kind of like brawlers in which you need to be very refined in order to perform well but I think what Bayonetta 2 did a great job at is Bayonetta 2 made you feel like a superhero by doing like almost the bare minimum like no matter what right. you do in Bayonetta 2 you, you feel awesome whether you're <laughs> whether you're you know mashing buttons and getting like stone rankings or whatever it, it feels as good as if you're you're like pure platinuming all every every area yeah you, you feel like a badass i think i think what kind of hurt the wonderful 101 is that if you don't know what you're doing in that game then you are lost and and the game punishes you for not knowing what you're doing whereas in bayonetta 2 i don't want to say you're rewarded for not knowing what you're doing but like you can you can romp through that game and ride the roller coaster right. and and still never really feel like you're good at the combat but you'll still have a good time i think you'll get moments even if you're bad like i'm bad at that game i am bad I, i'm i don't think i've gotten a single platinum for an entire level i mean maybe maybe i've gotten like one section but you'll have moments where you it clicks yeah and it feels so good so i i get what, exactly what you're saying yeah Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2 is a wonderful game, though. Much, much yeah. better than the wonderful 101, in my opinion. Well, we should answer the, the question. Uh, maybe you don't know it. 
The character is Jean-Sebastien Renault, better known by what alias? I, I mean, I know it's Wonder something, but I forget which color it is. Yeah, it's Wonder Green. Okay, okay, that's the chunky dude, yeah. right? Uh, I wrote it for you, sorry, were you going to guess that? Oh, that's fine. No, 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 I wasn't sure. I, I was just like, I don't know what color he is, but I think it's the chubby guy, because he was French. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Stereotype. I would like to try the Wonderful 101 again and see if maybe it would click if I were to try it again, but... I still have my copy of the game. It's sitting there, waiting for a rainy day. You better pray for a lot of rainy days. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll just be like when when you notice that there's not a lot of writing for me on the site. That means it was a rainy day. Because <laughs> I just decided instead of instead of going forward with the site, I was just like, I'm just gonna gonna look to the past and just play the old stuff. Okay. Well, thank you, Zeke, for that request. If you have a listener request. You can email to me at toip at nintendoworldreport.com or use the form on the website, uh, which I'll have a link to in the in the page for this episode. Either way, uh, send me your requests. Do check the form thread to see what games you've already used. Um, just, you know, so that you don't uh, request a game that you've already used, because I try to avoid that. Otherwise, uh, as long as it's on a Nintendo platform and comes came out in North America, it's, it's fair game. And uh, God knows I need help because I I don't play enough games to keep up with uh, the rate at which these games are consumed on the podcast. So uh, <laughs> I need your help. All right, we got oh two more games left. Wow, we're not even we're not even done yet. Golly, wow. <laughs> Here we go, Neil. It's all right. I'm already up late.
Well, it seems to be customary. Uh, I, I, I don't have an idea. You get a question. Okay. This will I hope it'll help. Which feature which allowed players to add some personal flair was removed at the next prominent release in this series?
more action. <laughs> Lots of action songs. All right, I, I think I have a pretty good guess. Is this Pokemon X and Y? It is Pokemon X and Y. Did you get that just from the bonus question? Um, it was a mixture of the second song and the bonus question. Okay. The second song sounded very familiar, and then the bonus question, it took me it took me about halfway through the third song to be like, oh, yeah, it's the, the character customization that everyone complained about when it was removed from the Omega Ruby in Alpha Sapphire. It sure is, and uh, people all ages and sizes uh, complain about that. I, I was on a on an airplane, which is customarily where I play this game. Very, I've been picking away at this game very, very slowly since I got it, and uh, and I was on a plane next to a eight-year-old or maybe ten-year-old little girl, and she saw I was playing Pokemon. She got real excited because you know she's really into Pokemon, and uh, she started talking about all sorts of stuff. And that was one of the things she complained. It's like you know the, the newer game they they got rid of that character customization that really sucks you know and i doubt she got that as a talking point from some <laughs> podcast somewhere i think that was a legitimate <laughs> original thought there i mean i remember there were i remember talking to a lot of people and yeah like talking to like relatives and, and younger younger people that were playing the game and they all loved how they could customize their character so i'm not really surprised that people got very upset about that yeah to me it's like i don't give a shit but i can yeah, totally get there. why other <laughs> I, I, I get it. I mean, that it's to, to add that and then just take it away in the next one just kind of sucks. Because it seems like, well, you've really built it. Why, why are you going to take it out? I, I don't get it. I would But that's, uh, that's a question to ask Game Freak another day, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so Pokemon X and Y. Uh, I really like this game, but I find that when I just never have... I'm never compelled to pick it back up. It's just when I'm playing it, I'm enjoying it. But I've been trying to figure out why that's the case. Uh, maybe it's because I've played a Pokemon game before, so it's vaguely familiar. But I think it's really just the story. And maybe it's because the story's kind of familiar. But I just feel like it doesn't have any momentum. It's, it's not like they aren't trying, but I just, you know, okay, now we're going to go here, and now we're going to go here. Oh, now we're going to go here. It's, I don't care about the characters, um, which is a funny thing to say because... I really like the battle system, you know, and I, I like the mechanics of the game itself. But I just, I just feel like it, you can set it down at any time and, and not like, like oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. That's kind of what happened to me too with that game. Is I mean, I, I did, I very excitedly. Uh, I think it came out. I was in, staying at Nintendo World Report staffer Josh Max's apartment in New York City because it was New York Comic Con. And we excitedly downloaded that game at midnight and started playing it right away. And I played it a bunch that weekend while at New York Comic Con and then kind of slowly chipped away at it every now and then over the course of... I think it might have been like, like, is that what came out in October? I probably finished it up in like January or February of the next year. And that was just like, you know, here or there, I'd pick it up, you know, play to another gym leader and then put it down. And I, I really enjoyed it. That's the last Pokemon game that I've sunk a lot of time into. Um, I haven't gotten Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire yet, and that's more just because I think by the time I finished Pokemon X and Y, at, at this point, I think I didn't play Black 2, White 2, but other than that, I've played through to completion every Pokemon game dating back to Diamond and Pearl. 
yeah, my last Pokemon game before this was Pokemon Silver, or maybe it was Gold. I don't remember <laughs> which which version of that I had, but uh, I could probably look it up. It's probably downstairs somewhere in, in my cubby. But uh, yeah, so to go from that to this game, uh, that's I mean, that's that's, yeah, that's like wow, you know. And uh, I think I talked about this some on on RFN already, but the the leap for me was actually pretty significant because of that. So there are several generations worth of changes that have been made. So it it does feel like a significantly different game mechanically than what I played way back when. But it's also very familiar. And and so I I know folks like Johnny Metz complain that they need to shake things up. You know, I I know they don't want to change it too much because they have something that works. Um, To me, the battle mechanics are just fine. I 100% agree. And having all the characters, that's just fine. They just need to work on the storytelling. And, and I I know they're being conservative because they, you know, no kids like the way they do it now with the gym leaders and they don't want to mess up a good formula, but it just, they, they come on guys. It's just, it's the same damn thing I played 20 years ago. Although, I mean, Pokemon X and Y is probably the, I mean, one of the more ambitious stories, if you will. Yeah, maybe I'm not that far, and I've gotten to the, the sixth gym. That kind of shows up more near the end, and it's not like it's anything too amazing, but it's something that's a little bit different. Well, you can tell they're trying. They, they have threads that you know go through and get your friends that meet up with you and, yeah. and stuff. And I, I don't remember anything quite like that, uh, you know, way back when. I mean, other than your rival, but that you know that was a one-off person, not yeah. not a group of buddies that are all going out in the world. Um, but it, it just doesn't. To me, it just doesn't feel that ambitious of a story, um, and I don't know if it's that you know they they're, they don't want to change things too much and scare people off, or whether Game Freak just isn't really that interested in in you know spinning it up into a bigger Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy type. I don't know. I guess Dragon Quest is kind of similar too. I, I'm trying to remember back to Dragon Quest Eight. I would say that Dragon Quest. I mean, on a game-to-game basis, they kind of change it up more. I yeah. mean, I, I I haven't played seven and or I play I played very little of eight. I never played seven, but like I've played four, five, and six. I played nine, and all of those games are very distinct and unique. Whereas a lot of the Pokemon games, I would almost kind of. I feel like the way that I digest a lot of Pokemon games is like junk food. Like I, every complaint that I hear, you know, from from people talking about how like oh it's gotten stale and tired, like I'm not gonna disagree with you, because it it's kind of true, but all I want is uh, like I kind of crave to an extent. While I would love to see a better story, like I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, I like that, you know, gonna go through the agent leader is gonna be the elite four. I like that kind of routine. And because of the way I digest those games and I play it, it's not like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm waiting with bated breath for whatever the next mainline Pokemon game is going to be. It just, they come out, you know, maybe I'll get excited like the week before. um, And then I'll, you know, maybe I'll play through it. And at this point, I'm kind of waiting until I have that urge to play Pokemon again. And then I'll get Omega Ruby or Alpha Sapphire. Because that's actually, that's the one generation that I've never touched at all. Just because just because for for me my big gap i actually i didn't play gold or silver until the remakes on ds i just had i played red and blue and i replayed red and blue uh periodically over the course of about 10 years (laughs) until until i got diamond and pearl and that was because a bunch of people when i was in college they all got diamond and pearl 
and, and then we all started trading together. And I told myself, it came out around finals time, I believe, and I told myself that I was going to get it after finals were done. That did not happen because of peer pressure. But I passed, you know, I graduated college. Well, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you, you can make the same argument about Mario games, you know, well, it's always more or less the same thing. You're just playing yeah. through levels and saving the princess, which isn't entirely true, but a lot of times it's true. But at the same time, Mario doesn't have any conceit of the story really being the focus, whereas they do spend a lot of time in Pokemon games and, and yeah. you know, characters talking with each other and you're going off to help someone with this or that or the other. And, and so I, I feel like the story is a bit more integral. So I don't know. I, I think my the biggest thing about Pokemon X, and it's an obvious statement, but I, I feel like they've they've brought the presentation up to very close to the animes. Not that I'm very familiar with the animes, but I, you know, you play the game, you say, yeah, it looks like it looks kind of like the anime in terms of you know the monsters and and the same thing with the audio. You know, the music is I don't know, it's orchestrated, but it's very high quality synth at least. Um, you know, which which is in line with you know what an anime would have. It just feels right, you know. It just—it feels like, yeah, that's Pokemon, you know. And so that—that's that, pretty cool uh, to come to that. Um, so hopefully they'll continue to build on that. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the the next mainline game will be because we did get that announcement for the Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon. It seems to be coming out later this year. So well, there you go. That, 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 that could be the serious storytelling um, uh, game that everyone's waiting for. Um, I mean, but we don't know what the next... The, I mean, it looks like they might be taking a little more time off for the first time in a while for the next mainline game, so maybe they'll be doing something more interesting. Is that a fair statement? I mean, how, how long was it between Pokemon X and the previous, what you would consider mainline Pokemon? Well, I guess, I guess more that, like, I think that Pokemon... Pokemon has been basically an annual franchise since, what, Heart Gold, Soul Silver? About that. Yeah, but, but every other one is a remake or yeah. what seems like a B team working on it. Well, I guess so. So Black and White, Black and White was 2011. X and Y was 2013. So there were two years. Okay, so so maybe it won't be that big of a gap. But I also think that X and Y was such a huge graphical leap. Yeah. That that you know the the kind of the, the second iteration on that. Uh, to me, has the chance to be like you know, I guess more interesting than what Black and White was to Diamond and Pearl. Alrighty, well, it's getting laid over in Neil Land, so we better this wrap this true. up with the last game. I hope that this is a good one.
But I choose bad. <laughs> no, that was still... I was rocking out over here. You All can't right. see me, but I was happy. Ain't no Pokemon. Well, <laughs> uh, I think I, I gave Pokemon the short end of the stick there. That, that soundtrack for Pokemon X and Y is really good. It is. It is fantastic. I don't think I said that. It's really good. Yeah. I spent two hours trying to choose three songs, and it was very difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's a it is a very good soundtrack. I I would also say that this game has a very good soundtrack, and I have a hint question for all you listeners out there. <laughs> um, how many POWs or prisoners of war can you carry in your Jeep at once?
a jackal! Jackal! It's a jackal! It looks like a jackal! 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 It's a jackal! Jackal! Time! <laughs> it, it, it is. It is indeed. The, the Konami NES game from 1988 is Jackal. What the hell is this game? Um, well, I, I guess kind of to give some sort of explanation for it. It's uh, a lot of the people who worked on this, and this is from the NES era, where like it's just like people are credited by nicknames and last names and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, like people who worked on this game worked on Life Force, and that one I know the composer of the music for this game worked on Life Force. They also worked on like Russian Attack, Blades of Steel, Contra. Oh yeah. Um, and I I was always kind of surprised because this game. I feel like I'm the only person that's been trumpeting its horn since I was young. Because this was, um, I didn't, like, I mean, I, I guess 1988 is when this game came out. That's also when I was born. Um, so I did not see this game. I would have been six months old when it came out. Um, but my cousin, who I got, I, he gave me his NES uh, when he got older and I got older. He had this game. Um, and I played that a lot with him. And I played it a lot when, I, when he gave me his NES. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It's a top-down game in which you control a jeep. Uh, you have a gun that you can shoot forward, and you also have missiles that you can shoot in any direction, and then you kind of scroll through the stage uh, vertically in a way that's... It's almost like it's its kind of like a shoot 'em up but you're in a jeep instead of in a ship. Is it auto-scrolling, or is it more no, like... You, uh, uh, I, is it more I, like a Bionic Commando, it's, Elite Forces, Jeep? Or not cheap sections, but like the overhead. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, more like the, yeah, yeah. That's that's actually a pretty good comparison, like the overhead stuff in Bionic Commander. And I think there's some Contra games that have an overhead mm-hmm. mode like yeah. this, except for it's it's more refined because this is the entire game. Right. Um, you can play with you can play with a second player, and also when you go through the area and you know blow stuff up and shoot down enemies, you can free uh, POWs, and then they come in your jeep, and then you go take them to a you know a a, a, a helicopter that'll take them away from the war, and if you bring enough, then like your weapons get upgraded, and you get a better, you get better grenades, you get a better gun. Because um, that's how war works. You you, yep. you earn better equipment by saving save lives. people, get better weapons. That's the key. But I I just I, I have a lot of fond memories of this game. I played it a lot with with my cousin and my brother when I was younger, um, and then. I, I actually that the last time it's been a while since I played it, but I probably I played through it with a buddy of mine. Actually, he's he's helping doing some backend stuff with the site. Uh, my friend Joe, um, which TYP knows. Um, Hi, Joe. Uh, I I played it. I played through this game with him. Probably I don't know. It might have been like ten years ago at this point, but that was the last time I played it, and we had a we had a ball playing through it. It's just it's a really fun like arcadey run and gun shoot 'em up game. Well, I can't tell you why this is less popular. Maybe it's a crappy name. Yeah. Uh, it originally uh, this was I was struggling to come up with the hint question because I couldn't think of a way to ask this question without it just being dumb or or not a question. But it was called Top Gunner when it was first put into arcades, but then cause there was the Top Gun game on NES, the uh, name was changed to Jackal when it came to NES. And there's some minor differences between the arcade version and the NES version. There's actually, even in Japan, there's a Famicom Famicom Disk System version. That, for some reason in the Japanese game, uh, the, like, because your regular, like, 
your regular machine gun can only fire in, like, up in the North American version, but it can fire in any direction. In the Japanese version, apparently. Yeah. That's weird. That's a weird difference. Between I, I, I kind of want to go track down the Japanese version of this game. I might, um, there's, there's a, a game convention in, in Philadelphia a couple weeks after E3 that last year they had a ton of old Famicom games. Um, I might be looking for a copy of Jackal or Top Gunner or whatever it's called in Japanese when I'm there. I'm very curious now. So, uh, you never really answered that bonus question, though. You kind of evaded the, uh, <laughs> the crux of the matter there. Uh, it's, um, a, it's a... Coming up with a question for this one was tough, but, uh, so, how many prisoners of war can you have at the Jeep at once? And the answer is as many that are in the stage. Um, however, in the arcade version, you could only have a maximum of eight. Um, so, there I'm, is no limit in the NES version of this Yeah, game. it's just... As many as there are in each stage, which I guess there is a limit, but you're not going to ever have to deal with it. But I, I but I think that uh, if, if you have the chance to, to buy this game, um, given Konami's current state, maybe a, a release on Virtual Console is a tall order, but you might be able to find it on eBay for a reasonable price if you want to find the original NES version. I'm actually curious, and yeah, yeah, I'm looking on eBay right now, you can get it for about 10 bucks. Okay. Um, and I think it's a really I think it's a really worthwhile game to check out. It's really fun. Alright, well, we should wrap things up here. Thank you very much Neil for co-hosting this time. Thank, and, thank uh, you. I always, I always love listening to game music and talking about games. That's why you do this. Yes, <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> So as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we will be in full force at E3, which uh, will probably be occurring before the next episode is out. So please go visit our website, nintendoworldreport.com, uh, and you can also subscribe to our YouTube uh, channel, and uh, what else can we do? Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Nintendo underscore NWR. The YouTube channel is Nintendo World Report TV. I believe like it's youtube.com slash N-I-N-W-R-T-V There's some other N-W-R-T-V They don't really do that much, but they have the custom URL That's just the elegant N-W-R-T-V um, And yeah, pay attention, because uh, some of the stuff that we're going to do is going to be really cool Like, if you have questions about any games that are at E3 um, we'll have some kind of way that you will be able to let us know, whether it's on our forums or on Twitter or Facebook uh, and you'll be able to feed us your questions and then they will make their way to the people that are on on the scene and then we'll you know get your answers we'll have a lot of interaction with that we'll have a lot of videos we'll have a lot of us talking about games more Where's directly or zelda yeah Where's zelda? well no it's called that's going to be the big reveal at the nintendo world championships because technically that's not a d3 right right i'm gonna hold on to that hope you fool you poor, poor fool. As far as the audio stuff, um, I think that it's going to be... This This will be really easy to do and will be more for kind of shits and giggles. But uh, we will be having live commentary over any of, uh, like, you know, the Sony press conference and the Microsoft press conference, kind of as is convenient to us. Because we're probably going to be sitting around and watching those anyway. We figured we might as well, you know, watch them with you in a way. Okay. Uh, we'll see how that goes. 
Although we, I, we should have a better internet connection than last year, yeah. I suppose. So that'll help. You know what? The, the Stillwell Hotel in downtown LA was very good to us in some respects. Um, and we are not doing that anymore. It's kind of a crap hole. Um, but in like a, a dependable crap hole that has a decent place to get like a decent place to get food in the morning. Like that was that was great when I discovered that. But but anyway, we're gonna be actually staying closer to TYP, and we're gonna have we're gonna have Verizon FiOS. Like it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna have a good internet connection. And, uh, and where's that and wood? Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and we'll also be near Koku Ichibanya, so. <laughs> I'm just gonna eat like a king and get really fat at E3 now. You, you better not drag me to that every day. I mean, that, there's there's other foods out there, you know. I, yeah, I mean, I I agree. Um, side note: I made okonomiyaki the other week. It's very good food. Come to come to LA and you can go eat curry and other Japanese food that I cannot find anywhere on the East Coast. Yeah, but you guys have like good Italian food and stuff. We do have good. We got good pizza. We got good bagels true yeah all right it, it's clearly time for us to drop things up we're talking <laughs> about food uh, on a nintendo world report music podcast so let's uh oh god how do i end this thing <laughs> I, I don't know um bye everyone so let's bye. go let's go bye see y'all next time Toad Treasure Tracker is copyright 2014 Nintendo. Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade's Revenge is copyright 1992 LJN Marvel Entertainment. The Wonderful 101 is copyright 2013 Nintendo Platinum Games. Pokemon X and Y are copyright 2013 Nintendo Creatures Game Freak. Jackal is copyright 1988 Konami.